Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. If you like this podcast, you will love my new anthology called Moms Don't Have Time to Have Kids. Check it out, and you'll hear from 49 authors about all sorts of things moms don't have time to do. All the authors have been on this podcast. Also, check out my TikTok, at with Zibby and Tracy, my other podcast, Sex Talk with Zibby and Tracy. Check out Moms Don't Have Time to Write on Medium. And of course, my new publishing company called Zibby Books. And now back to our daily author interview site and a quick hello from some of my kids. Hi. Hi. Hello. Enjoy the show. Happy New Year, everyone. I hope you all had a great break. I wanted to let you know about something that I've been talking a lot about on social media at Zibby Owens, which is the hashtag 22 and 22 challenge. We are at Zibby Books. We are encouraging everybody like all of you to visit 22 bookstores in 2022. And we're going to provide a whole series of incentives for every five visits and you'll be entered to win a $500 shopping spree and you'll get fun things like bookmarks and all the rest. Plus, you'll be part of a great community of people all helping support bookstores, authors, and more. We're really, really excited about it. If you want to join, sign up. You just go to 22in22.net. That's 22in22.net and click I'm in and put your information. And then every time you go to a bookstore, you just quickly go back on the site and click log a bookstore visit. And then we'll be keeping track and we'll be following up with all of your different achievements and awards and everything. So please sign up, spread the word, 22 and 22, get your friends to join and start visiting bookstores and 
it'll be really fun and exciting. So here's to a wonderful 2022. I'm so excited that you're listening to my podcast and doing all the fun things that I have been trying to bring into the world. So here we go, 2022. Hashtag 22 in 22. Jewel Parker Rhodes is the author of Paradise on Fire and is also the author of Ninth Ward, the winner of the Coretta Scott King Honor, Sugar, which was the winner of the Jane Addams Children's Book Award, and the New York Times bestselling Ghost Boys. Also, Bayou Magic, Towers Falling, Black Brother, Black Brother, and now Paradise on Fire. She's written many other award-winning novels for adults, including Magic City, a novel about the 1921 Tulsa Race Massacre, and others for young adults. Jewel is the Virginia G. Piper Endowed Chair of Creative Writing at Arizona State University, and she has been on my podcast many times at this point and contributed to my anthology. Welcome, Jewel. Welcome back on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books, I should say. I feel like, what, second, third time? I don't know. I talk to you all the time. This is amazing. (laughs) I know. I know. And whenever I think about you, you bring such a smile to my face. And I'm just so happy and so proud of the work that you're doing in the publishing industry. And of course, you know, Moms Don't Have Time to Read is such an important message. (laughs) But actually, I want to tell you, I had time to read on Monday. And I just started a book. Oh, William by Elizabeth Stout. Yes. And literally I had so much other work to do, but I read the book all day long and it just so refreshed my soul. So yeah. So what you're doing, you know, Poke Moms, let's go for it. It's so oh, important. Oh, thank you. That is so <laughs> nice. You know, I actually bought a copy of Oh, William in Bookhampton over Thanksgiving. And then I ended up giving it as a gift to somebody who is sick. And now I haven't gone out and gotten another one. So I should just get in touch with the publicist. But anyway, it's on you my should, list. <laughs> you should you should get it. You should get another copy. And you know how, we, you know, mothers and daughters sometimes and mothers and sons have special relationships. Soon as I finished the book, I said to my daughter, Kelly, he's also been in Moms Don't Have Time to Read, the first anthology. And I said, Kelly, you have to read this book. And she says, oh, mom, I just bought it. So Aww. we're planning a lunch date where we can discuss it together. So One of the things about being an author, I love what I do and I love the stories that I write, but I too have never stopped loving reading. And I read widely, prolifically. I read, you know, children's literature for classes that I teach, ethnic literature, and just books that you recommend, you know. So it really makes my quality of life so rich. I'm just thrilled, you know, so I'm thanks to all those elementary school teachers who taught me how to read. (laughs) (laughs) Julie, you gave me a good idea. What if maybe we should start a mother daughter book club? Cause I was just thinking when you said that, Oh, my mother and I should read. Oh, William. Cause I bet she hasn't read it yet. And I bet she should, and she would want to, there should be like a mother daughter book club. Oh, I think I think it would be wonderful and I'm not going to give away the ending, but there are ways which I think it will resonate with your soul and your mom's and my daughter's. And it's sort of like one of these novels that's really encapsulates being an artist being, you know, a wife, you know, being a mom. And it's sort of this multi-generational thing and it's beautiful. So let's do, yes, let's do that. Yes. Maybe maybe there's another one out there we can join so we don't have to do all the work. (laughs) But I'll ask Kelly, we can can ask her to do it. No, but how about moms, daughters, and also grandchildren? (laughs) 
But, you know, I once did a book club with my son. He's like 31, 32 years old. And he has, you know, gamer friends all over the world. And we decided to do a book club. And that was the best book club I have ever been in. We read everything from philosophy to science fiction, you know, to, you know, bestsellers and, you know, more commercial novels. And it was so interesting. These young men taught me so, so much. I was privileged to do it. That was amazing. Oh, Jewel, I just like literally forgot we were even doing a podcast. Oh, <laughs> I, I thought we were just like <laughs> chit-chatting. I should probably, I could like sit here and talk to you all day. I should probably I know, ask I you, um, <laughs> I should probably ask you about your book. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Oh, Paradise on Fire. Thank you very much. And Paradise on Fire. And isn't that a gorgeous cover? It is a gorgeous cover. So beautiful young black girl. And her name is Addie, which actually in Nigerian, her proper name is Adago. And that means daughter of the eagles. And that's why we have the eagle here. And Addie actually has the gift of aerial perception that she can think in 3D. And so she's really good at maps, mazes, cartography, topography. And she goes to a wilderness camp that her grandmother sends her to, along with five other inner-city Black kids from Philly, New York, you know, and they fly to California, and Addie learns about nature. She learns about herself. She forms friendships, but they get caught in a wildfire. So it's a real survival story of how Addie has to step up to save herself as well as her friends. Now, one of the things that I love is, well, Gary Paulson, and it was such a loss when he died a couple of weeks ago. And his Hatchet in particular, you know, as a survival story really stirred me. You know, so Hatchet is about, you know, a young white boy who survives in the wilderness, you know, but there aren't many stories of young girls are young girls of color or boys of color who also survive in the wilderness. So I actually tried to channel the great Gary Paulson to write Paradise on Fire and also to write my other survival story, Ninth, Ninth Ward, you know. But it is interesting because Addie, unlike Brian and Hatchet, takes her community with her, that she forms, you know, you know, alliances. And it's really, I think, having to do with her gender, that she cannot survive alone and have just an interior change. But she as a young girl has an interior change, and then she takes her village with her. So I really, really like that. Wow. Well, I have to say, I started by reading this out loud to my son, my other son, not the one sitting next to me now, who is seven. And I started reading it. And then I realized that some of the characters were not going to make it. And I was like, oh. I was like, I don't know if I am, should really read this to him because that was in the letter that came with the book. So anyway, I, I stopped reading. He went to bed, but I kept reading all night. So I read the whole thing and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe all this stuff. So when he woke up the next morning, he was like, can we re finish reading the book? And I said, well, I don't know. I think it might be a little dark. I actually finished the book. Maybe it's not quite right for you at age seven. And he was so mad. So anyway, he got into it right away. I kind of summarized it for him. But I mean, there's oh. loss. There's loss and stress. I mean, the fire and the escape and yeah. the injuries. Yeah. I mean, it's very visual. I feel like I watched the movie of it by reading. You know, it, it was oh. like so clear. All of the obstacles and Addie's resilience and her obviously her skills, but also like how she feels so out of place at times. And, and then even your letter at the end or where, where there was something at the end, I feel like when you were talking about 
like how how few people of color underprivileged children get exposure to the outdoors or visit you had statistics about visiting parks and like the yes. national parks and all of that which blew my mind i had no idea you know it's really interesting because i i write from my life and also then weird things that you know happened to me in my life and one strange thing was that as an inner city pittsburgh kid you know i did not know that landscapes like california washington state or port you know oregon existed and i came out here when i was in my early 20s on book tour you know to elliot bay books right and it was like whoa you know nature and my whole life has been about getting to that landscape where I immediately felt at home. So right now, I live in <laughs> Seattle. You know, that I finally made it after many, many decades. And then it occurred to me how, you know, so many of my friends, so many of my family members, we didn't know about hiking. We didn't know about swimming. We didn't know about, you know, nature bathing, you know, forest bathing, none of that. It was just sort of out of our kin. So I wanted my daughter to be a Girl Scout and she became a Girl Scout so that she could go out and experience hiking and rafting, that experiential learning of what, you know, this planet of ours has gifted us with. And then about a decade ago, I was in Wyoming for a writer's conference and I had gone there several times before and the audiences were always all white, you know, which is fine. But this one time there was a row of black kids and it was like, whoa, I have to go talk to them. And they belong to an organization called City Kids and it's in D.C. And they take sixth graders through 12th graders and they mentor them and they send them out to Wyoming every summer and they learn about the wild and wilderness and they build skills and they have a terrific high school and college placement rate. And so this all came together that I needed to to write about this because how do you get kids to care for the planet, care about climate change if they don't experience the wonders of being in the natural environment? And also kids who are poor or of color, right now they're going to be even more impacted by climate change because they live in neighborhoods where there aren't trees, where there isn't a playground, so they don't have as much CO2 taken out of the air, out of the air. They don't have shade. So when the heat rises, they're going to have more heat-related deaths. And also because of the lack of trees, they have more asthma, you know, more lung problems. And this is for you know babies all the way to the elderly. And the World Health Organization has noted for the very first time a death by pollution. And it was a nine-year-old Black British girl who lived in the city. And she died basically as a result of climate change. So it really is an emergency. And just yesterday, I was watching PBS NewsHour and they had a crew of African-Americans who were going to try to scale Mount Everest. And they spoke about how they never knew people who hiked or climbed mountains. And yet they found in that world a community that they started of, you know, hikers and rock climbers of color. And now they're going to try to do something which, you know, very few people get a chance to do, climb Everest. So nature, our planet, it's good for our soul. It's good for our mental health. You know, it's good for expanding our horizons. And it's good for reminding us that we have to be 
agents, you know, fostering a better environment, particularly for your kids, my kids, everybody's kids. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're so right. You know, it's funny you say that because it's December, mid-December in New York City. And today, for whatever reason, it's 60 degrees. And I was like, why? And my assistant, Diana, who sits like across from me, just said in a very matter of fact way, because the earth is dying. (laughs) (laughs) And we all kind of laughed like, wait, it bring us all down, Diana. But um, it was very depressing. And and we laugh too, because we're, we're we're uncomfortable with it, but our spirits recognize that there's a truth to that, you know, and and it really is depressing. So, it, you know, that was one of the reasons why I wrote, wrote Paradise on Fire, you know, encouraging, you know, kids of color, you know, to try to get out into nature. And right now, the National Park Service, less than 5% of the people who, who visit our national parks, our nation's parks, are people of color. And that has that has to change. Every child should have access to our national parks. But, you know, I wanted to say that when I was thinking of Addie, and she just popped in my head, I was looking for an African name because I wanted her to be African and African-American. Because in all my novels, I try to do different ethnic groups, Vietnamese, Creole, you know, Native American, because I'm trying to mirror everybody that I can in a book. And I went down the list of Nigerian names and I came upon Adago, Daughter of the Eagles. But one thing that you won't know from reading the book is that in Nigeria, they used to have a festival of the eagles. The brown eagle is one of their nation's you know, most prized bird. And because of climate change, they no longer have the festival because the eagles no longer come. And so I like that connection that climate change is affecting, you know, Nigeria affecting the world and then connecting it to the West and America's bald eagle. So that was the global connection that I knew that I wanted to make, but doesn't come out in the book. But yes, it's, it's a, it's a problem. It's a problem. Yes. You know, (laughs) coming from New York city myself, I've never been entirely comfortable with hiking or mountains or any of that. You know, I once tried to hike with my husband, Kyle, and 
and we like started started walking and we passed a man and my husband's like, oh, hey, how are you? And he's like, all right, you know, the rattlers are out today. So just make sure you, you pull this stick down like this and bang it on the ground. And I was like, okay. And he walked by us and I looked at him. I was like, turn around, turn around right now. <laughs> and we walked all the way. I was like, I'm not doing this. I'm happy to walk up a hill on a sidewalk. But, you know, that said... <laughs> I see the value. <laughs> okay, no, I understand. And actually, Zibby, I I am still the, the same way. You know, I will kayak, but I'm not like that that outdoor person in terms of hiking and doing all of that stuff either. And so it was sort of like my husband laughed because I said, "I'm doing a book about this." He says, "Are you kidding me?" You know. <laughs> so I had to learn all of that stuff. But I married a man who is at home in nature. And I remember when he said, "Okay, let's go uh, camping," you know. And I said, "Sure, the Ritz Carlton." <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> yes, but, but I did ask him, you know, teach our kids this, you know, and it made a difference. And so when the Girl Scouts had their overnight camping trip, dad went, you know, rather, rather than, than mom, cause I'm still uncomfortable and I still can't even swim Zibby, you oh know, cause I never learned when I was a child. And, and, you know, so when I get in the water now, I have to have my life best, even though I've taken lots of classes, I have to hold my husband's hand Aww. and I still get, get panic attacks, but my kids are wilderness kids. But, you know, I was watching people leave Miami on the highway, trying to get away from a hurricane that was coming. And the cars were just stuck in traffic. And one of the things that Kelly said was, you know what? I just strapped my baby to my back and we would hike out of there. <laughs> that's the, I mean, that's the Girl Scout. That, that, that's the wilderness person. It would never occur to me to hike out of there, you know, and yet that sense of experiential learning is so important to all kids. So in schools, like, like, like I'm sure like for your children, they, they do, they, they assess math, they assess language, but there actually are kids who have other skills such as, you know, the thinking in 3d that they can use in more experiential learning. And we don't talk about that as genius. And actually that's what Addie had. She is a genius at visualizing. Uh, So she should be an engineer, climatologist, a topographer. She's just absolutely amazing. And one other thing about the story, she has a secret that she, she does didn't know the answer to. When she was four years old, her parents died in a house fire and somehow she survived. So she's haunted by that memory because she can't figure out how she escaped. But she nonetheless draws maps and mazes and she's always looking a way out. And then that becomes a real superpower for her. But the novel starts with her on an airplane and she's trying to draw a map for how she could get off the plane in case it falls. And the kid next to her, Jay, says, well, you know, you don't survive a plane crash. And Addie says, I will. <laughs> I love that about her. Yes. That's, I know. I that know was that. also like a very harrowing memory that keep, kept coming back to her, that trauma yes. of that fire and then being in the fire and smelling the smoke. And oh my gosh, there was a lot. But this is beautiful. I mean, it brought up so many issues and covered just so many emotions. And again, it was like such an immersive experience Aww. to read this book. Thank and so, so, di- so different from Black Brother, Black Brother. I mean, that was so much more. I mean, I don't know. They were both. And, and, I'm just and, like loving reading your stuff. It's really uh, You know, one of the things uh, when I write, I, I really write to experience different lives. Mm-hmm. And 
they they guide me. And so I end up writing, like, I don't fence either, but I wrote about fencing and Black Brother, Black Brother. And, and it's just really amazing. So as a writer, I feel as though my life is getting bigger, that Aww. through my characters, I'm leading all these different lives. And also, I think, you know, that I started as a drama student. So I went to Carnegie Mellon for drama. So I literally act out all the parts. And because we're all human, we can act and imagine anything. So I've enjoyed writing different books, but it's like when you talk to actors, I think, or uh, other artists that they don't want to do the same thing over and over again. There are things that I do that are in my wheelhouse that are familiar to me, but I like choosing other topics, but I do seem to fall within environmental stewardship novels or social justice novels so far. But right now I'm working on an adventure, a real adventure Ooh. and a retelling of a children's classic, which I can't tell you about what it's what it's going to be, but they're hoping to make a book and a film out of it. And That's it's exciting. really different. So I will tell you one clue, skateboards. <laughs> and I don't skateboard either. Skateboards. <laughs> All I think of when you say that is Back to the Future. Oh, oh that's true. But yeah, and I was in New York doing research for New York and skateboards. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I'm going to put my thinking cap on and try to figure it out. <laughs> Just have me out next year and we'll we'll talk about it talk about it then, you know, but that whole idea of we live in such a great moment of so many writers' voices are, you know, being opened up and shared with the world, you know? So I feel very lucky that I'm where I am in my life right now. Because when I was a little girl, I didn't have any books by people of color. You know, I didn't even know people of color wrote books. And it wasn't until I was a junior in college. So I think of the work that you do, the work that I now do, the work that our teachers and librarians do, that we are making a different society by giving our kids and adults access to a wider variety of books. I love that. I just love it. And then think about all the writing that comes out of that as a result of the reading. It's even better. Yes, yes, yes. It's it's, it's absolutely fantastic. But you know, there is this movement now in children's literature of the upper middle grade novel. And technically speaking, I would call my book Paradise on Fire an upper middle grade novel, simply because of what you said about the intensity of it, that it does get very real, you know, and very, very frightening. And so the characters are 14. So I actually have advocated us saying, you know, it really is for an older, older group, you know, rather than the, you know, the fifth grader that might normally read my work. But well, don't tell anyone that I read, I read it to my first grader. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, I like, you know, bad mama word of the night. No, 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 no. <laughs> But I like it when I, when I do things like that, yeah, I like, I do what you do. You summarize. Well, I was like, all right, time to stop. (laughs) (laughs) I have found that reading any of the books I'm doing for my podcast, especially the ones just for grownups, put my son to sleep faster than anything else. (laughs) (laughs) Not yours though. It had the opposite effect. So well, it is my best wishes and you should let me send you sugar. Because yeah. sugar is about a 10-year-old, and it's right about the era after slavery, where some people still stayed on the plantation and worked, and how Louisiana and Mississippi brought in Chinese workers to work the plantations. And the Chinese workers were treated as if they were slaves. So it's about a white kid, a Black girl, and a Chinese guy who come together to form 
you know, harmony and to break down stereotypes and discrimination, you know, Uh, but it's funny. It's trickster. (laughs) And like little characters try out, tell jokes, rare rabbit and, you know, and these tales. So he might like that one, but there's a fire at the end. Okay. All right. Nobody dies. Nobody dies. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Sugar is now on my list as a more age appropriate book. However, this was great. And anyway, it's always such a pleasure. Thank you for coming back on. And I can't wait to see what else comes out of you. Oh, <laughs> Big words are us. All right. <laughs> I, well, I adore you and you too. continued uh, success. And thank you for having me and for supporting my work. It means it means the world to me. Oh. And next time I'm in New York, I'm going to come see you. And Please I'm going to Hug. <laughs> I can't I can't wait. I'm excited. All right. Happy holidays. Thank people. you. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.